resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. 
So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. Those of you that are here and if you're watching this online, we're just so excited. We're going to celebrate Father's Day today by honoring God, our Father. He is worthy of our praise and glory. And Father, we just come before your throne this morning with boldness and confidence in what Jesus Christ has done. And we just welcome you here. We welcome your presence in this place. Do a mighty thing in our midst, Lord. We just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I welcome everybody. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. 
worship you in this house, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you for who you are. Come on, let's worship you. There's no warm-up for worship. There's just worship. Lord, we thank you that you are the king that reigns supreme. There is no other king like you. Thank you, Lord. We worship you in this house. We're here to bring glory and honor to Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, the one who was and is and is to come. Thank you, Jesus. Now let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. And let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide. The ransom for my life, oh, he is my song. And you are good.
Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, there is true freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you give your life to Him, that's when you'll find it. When you lose your life for Him, that's when you're going to find it. You know, we can pick up junk in the world. Amen. How many ever picked up some junk in the world? But you know what? God is here today to get you free. He wants you to experience a new level of freedom so that you're free indeed in any area of life. And if you need prayer right now, we're going to take time right now in this moment. If you want to experience a new level of freedom, it, um, it doesn't matter from what. Freedom is here today. And if you want it, if you want to experience a new level of freedom, I want to invite you to come up right now. And we're going to pray for you. And the Holy Ghost is going to make you free. Free. His goal is freedom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a divine appointed time, Miss Olga. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of the Lord. He makes us free. He breaks chains and yokes right now. Lord, I thank you. The anointing of God is on her right now and is setting her free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks to Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, right now for the freedom that's in your word and in your spirit and in your name. In the name of Jesus, be free. Be free. I break every chain. Everything that binds is broken into pieces, shattered in the name of Jesus. The Lord makes you free in me. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. For Paul, in the name of Jesus, I call him free. Free by the Holy Ghost. Free in the name of Jesus. A new level of freedom. Father, free in his mind. Free in his body. Free in his heart. In the name of Jesus. Freedom in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, for Allison, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you make her free. Free indeed in the name of Jesus. A new level of freedom. A new experience of your divine freedom in Jesus' name. Oh, the anointing of God. The anointing, the anointing is going in. God is breathing you and breaking things off in the name of Jesus. Battling Father, in the name of Jesus. I call her free right now, Lord. Your anointing is to make people free in Jesus' name. Free, 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 free. You're stepping into a pool of freedom in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we give you thanks and praise. Hallelujah. Let's thank God for the freedom that comes from Him right now. Just begin. 
begin to praise His name for the freedom that He gives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I'm free indeed. He's made me free. Hallelujah. Glory. Lord, you're so good. We praise your name. And Lord, we thank you that you are here working and you're speaking and communicating to us, Lord. So we just listen to you now. Everything that you need is in my word. My word is light. It's my love letter to you, says the Lord. Everything that you need, want, and desire, you can find it in my word. Open up your treasure and discover what I've given to you. Take it. It's yours. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. You may have your seats. Thank you, Lord God. That wasn't part of my plan, but it was part of God's plan. You just have to go with the flow. Oh, I thought the altar call comes at the end. No, it can come anytime. We're so glad that you're here this morning, and we just want to honor fathers for it's Father's Day. Hallelujah. I was telling Pastor Doug that the fathers have a lot to live up to. They're compared to God. Yes. The moms are compared to, you know, Proverbs 31 and Mary, but daddies have a lot to live up to. (laughs) Amen. But with God, we can do it. Amen. 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 Were you ready to make your confession? Let's speak the word of God. Our victory comes through faith in God and obedience to his word. The Lord does marvelous things for us. And by his right hand and holy arm, we gain the victory. The Lord makes us victorious wherever we go. Our victory comes to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are thankful to him. We overcome our accuser, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we do not fear death. Because I am born of God, I overcome the world. My victory over the world is my faith in Jesus as the Son of God. As an overcomer, I partake of eternal life, and I am rescued from hell. As an overcomer, I partake of God's heavenly bread, and I have power over the nations. As an overcomer, I'm clothed in pure white, and my name is written in the book of life. In all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loves us. 
We are persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing, have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. And we want to uh, bless the fathers this morning. So, Father, we give you thanks and praise for the fathers that are in this place today and the fathers that are part of the VCF family worldwide. And, Lord, we bless you, Lord. Give them the strength and the courage to do what is right, to honor you in all things. And, Lord, just move mightily in them, strengthen them, Lord, and give them revelation and insight into your kingdom and ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, what would Father's Day be if we didn't have a little bit of fatherly humor? What did the buffalo say to his son as he left the house? Bye, son. Did you know that if you wanted to replace a roof, it costs nothing? It's on the house. What do frogs wear on their feet in the summer? Open-toed shoes. A young boy uh, was asked what his father does, and he said, My father's a magician. He's a magician? Yeah, he performs tricks like song people in half. Do you have any brothers or sisters? Yep, four half-sisters and a (laughs) half-brother. And this is an unknown quote. It says, God is the father who's always home. And a son gets an hour a day. A young successful attorney said, the greatest gift I ever received was a gift I got one Christmas where my dad uh, gave me a small box. Inside was a note saying, son, this year I will give you 365 hours, an hour every day after dinner. It's yours. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. We'll go where you want to go, play what you want to play. It will be your hour. My dad not only kept his promise, he said, but every year it's renewed. And it's the greatest gift I've ever had in my life. I'm the result of this time. And a little girl was sitting on her grandfather's lap as he read her a story. From time to time, she would take her eyes off the book and reach up and touch his wrinkled cheek. And by and by, she was alternately stroking her own cheek 
and, and then his again. Finally, she spoke, Granddaddy, did God make you? Yes, sweetheart, he answered. God made me a long time ago. Oh, she said, then Granddaddy, did God make me too? Yes, indeed, honey. He assured her, God made you uh, just a little while ago. Oh, she said, feeling their respective faces again, she observed, God's getting better at it now, isn't he? (laughs) Hallelujah. One day, I received my learner's permit. My father agreed to take me out for a driving lesson. With a big grin, he hopped in behind the driver's seat. Why aren't you sitting in the front on the passenger side, I asked. The father said, I've been waiting for this ever since you were a little girl. Now it's my turn to kick the back of the seat. <laughs> and Christopher, Christopher Columbus's father said, I don't care what you've discovered, Christopher, you should have written. Christopher Columbus, I guess, I don't know. On Father's Day, a young boy decided to make his father breakfast in bed. He made him scrambled eggs, toast, and coffee. And he brought his, it to the dad and he handed the cup of coffee to his dad. And he said, try it. The dad takes a sip and nearly passes out because it's so strong. The little boy asks, how do you like it, dad? The dad doesn't want to hurt the little boy's feelings, so he says, This is something else. I've never tasted coffee quite like this before. The little boy smiles from ear to ear and says, drink drink some more, Pops. As the dad is drinking, he notices at the bottom of the cup and says, there's an army soldier. He said, you put an army man in here. The little boy again smiles and says, the best part of waking up is soldiers in your cup. Hallelujah. That'll help the word go down. Amen. Before we dismiss our children today for their kids life class, I just want to encourage you um, in giving. Amen. We should never, ever shortchange God. Right. He has never shortchanged a blessing. Right. He never held back anything that. Uh, the Father told him to give. And so we need to be like that too. And you know, giving is a vital, important part of a believer's life. And uh, when you think of Solomon, he gave a thousand bulls. All right? At a conservative number, think of a thousand thousands. What is that, Melissa? A big number. Right? So, but... As a result of that gift, God came to him in a dream and said, whatever you you ask, I'll give it to you. And God takes our sacrifices and our giving. And, uh, you know, it starts with a tithe. Everybody say tithe. Tithe opens the windows of heaven and protects the seed. The tithe is a test of trust. The tithe is an expression of gratitude of God, to God by His people. And if you take the acronym 
T-I-T-H-E-S, you get this. A tither trusts. So the T is for trusting God and obeying his word. The I is for invest. You invest in God's kingdom. The T, the second T is for uh, take it seriously and cheerfully. The H is for God helps. The tithe helps God's kingdom. And uh, the E is for you have to realize that God owns everything. Amen. So, Father, I just want to let you know you can give any time during the service by the bookstore or in the back or through the bookstore, or you can mail it in, you can bring it in, you can go online and do it. Father, I thank you for the givers of VCF. Lord, this is a giving family. Lord, we take care of one another. We take care of your kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing mightily and abundantly every gift and giver in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So give expecting God to give to you. All right, kids. Are you ready for your most exciting, most wonderful, most incredible kids' life, kids living in faith every day? Let's go. Have a great class, kids. Enjoy yourselves. Hallelujah. We like to cheer so that kids know that church is exciting. I grew up in a boring church, so I'm celebrating the goodness of God and his excitement. Hallelujah. And also, I want you to know, guys, next week is going to be our extra special Barnabas group. Saturday, we're going to have Marvin Yoder. He is an instructor at Rhema Bible Training College. And uh, he's going to be with us on Saturday morning. So come. And then he's also going to be with us here on Sunday as our guest. And we're going to have a great time. All right, it's a good opportunity to bring someone, and uh, we're going to have a good time with the Lord. Amen? Well, who's ready for the Word this morning? Who's excited about Jesus here this morning? Hallelujah. Don't keep your excitement to yourself, right? And uh, God put it on my heart this morning for Father's Day. Oh, and we have a gift for all the guys. You can uh, collect, uh, there's a... uh, gift in a black box and a pen, and uh, it'll bless you, so you can get that when you leave. Uh, God wants us to be an imitator of him. Amen? Unlike a a commentator, which is just a plain potato, God wants us to be an imitator. You know, there's there's a good line of tater family, right? Hallelujah. And... God wants us to be an imitator of him. And if you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to go through this. We're going to camp pretty much here and uh, see what God says. You know, our biggest responsibility is to be a good example. And the best, see, in order to be a good example, you've got to follow a good example. Right? And kids are very impressionable, especially the first five years of life. And, uh, you know, for good or for bad, children imitate adults, don't they? That's how they learn. That's how they develop. 
And uh, sometimes they do it without us even realizing it. How many has ever seen yourself in your kids? Or heard yourself in your kids? And you'd be like, amen or oh me? (laughs) Depending on what you left for them. You know, they copy our gestures. They internalize our words. And they copy our expressions. And... You know, they're never going to be an exact copy, but they, we leave an imprint, an imprint on our children. And uh, a psychologist, uh, Moritz Dom from the University of Zurich in Switzerland, he said, he found out that it's almost instinctive behavior in humans that serves for more than just learning. Imitating creates a sense of belonging. And it helps humans identify themselves as part of a group. So, wherever you are, someone is watching you. Right? And in the book of Ephesians, we're going to look at verses 31 and 32 of chapter 4. Then we're going to get into the chapter 5. Because chapter 5, you know, they weren't written in chapter and verses originally. So that that was put in to help us locate and identify scriptures. Ephesians 4.31, I'm going to read this from the Amplified because I want you to hear it really loud. It says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault-finding, and slander be what? Put away from you. That means it shouldn't be a part of you. Along with every kind of malice, spitefulness, verbal abuse, and malvolence. Verse 32. Be kind and helpful to one another. Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another. Ready for now. Notice this last phrase: "Just as God in Christ also forgave you." So, who's our standard? Christ is our standard, isn't he? Jesus is our example, right? Okay. Let's get into chapter five, verse one. Be ye therefore followers, or the word is imitators, of God as dear children. The Bible is encouraging us to imitate God as a dear child. Did you know that you are God's dear child? Now, not everybody is God's child. Only those who accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Because Jesus called some Pharisees, he said, you are of your father the devil. So they were not children of God. See, not everybody in this world is not a child of God. Only those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. What is an imitator? It's one who mimics. 
It's one who emulates. I like this. It's the positive imitation that arises by admiring the pattern set by someone worthy of emulation. How many know Jesus left us a pattern? It's recorded in a book. Four witnesses, eyewitnesses who walked with Jesus, who worked with Jesus, who traveled with Jesus, who ate with Jesus, who slept with Jesus. They recorded what they saw and what they heard. And we have a lot of information about how Jesus interacted with groups of people, with individuals, right? He, how he responded to challenges. And we're told to imitate him. Say, I'm an imitator. Charles Spurgeon said this. My brethren, let me say, be like Christ at all times. Imitate him in public. Most of us live in some sort of public capacity. Many of us are called to work before our fellow men every day. We are watched. Our words are caught. Our lives are examined, taken to pieces. That's what Charles Spurgeon said. So he is saying to us, be an imitator of God. Aren't you glad that we can mimic God? We can be like God. After all, we're made in his image and his likeness. Look at your neighbor and say, you look just like God. Yes. Even though we're all unique, we look like God. We share some qualities and traits and characteristics. Amen. So, Paul was calling this church to put off some things. To put off anger and clamor and unkindness and malice. You know, God doesn't want us doing things out of spite. Where did you ever hear Jesus say, boy, I'm going to get those people that wanted to crucify me. Right? He didn't do that. He just walked in the resurrection. On the third day, he said, hey, I'm back. Did you miss me? (laughs) So Paul is encouraging us by the Holy Spirit that we need to put off certain things, anger, dishonesty, unwholesome words, and we need to put on some things, godly characteristics, right? Truthfulness, kindness, forgiveness. These are clothes that fit a believer perfectly. They are custom designed for you. So, we are God's beloved, right? He said, do this as a beloved child, right? As a child that is loved by God. Jesus is called the beloved, and we're the beloved. Say, I'm beloved. You're God's beloved, Say, God loves me. Yes, he does. And he wants you to imitate him, to talk like him, to act like him, to walk like him, to behave like him. And the way you do that is you've got to spend some time with God. Right? You've got to recognize that you're a child of God. 
You know, the devil tries to lie to people when they get born again. And he tries to tell them that, oh, it didn't work or it's not true. You're not a child of God. But you know what? We've got to overcome that. And we've got to accept the love of the Father. Amen? You've got to accept it. He is your pattern to follow. We are God's children because everyone who's born again has his DNA. If you were to take a DNA test, there would be a strand of DNA that's similar to Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. We have his nature. He gives us everything that we need to be like him. Aren't you glad for that? We don't have to figure it out. We can follow the manual. Emmanuel, actually. It's the e-version, right? You know, we got e-books, we got the e-manual. Or the, uh, amen. Emmanuel, what is it? God with us. Say, God's with me. Hallelujah. God gave us his spirit and he empowers us to change into his image. We can imitate him. We can do what he did. Hallelujah. You know, if you don't know how much God loves you, it's going to be hard to imitate. You're not going to want to imitate him. You don't want to imitate those who hurt you. Right? You want to imitate those who love you. Amen? And if you don't know about the Father's love for you, it's going to be a difficult thing. But once you get the love down, it's an easy thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Satan wants you to doubt God's love for you. He puts those doubts in you. You will look sound and act more like God as you know the greatness of his love for you. In in other words, his love will inspire you to be different. See, accepting Jesus Christ is one thing, but then after you accept him, you've got to live for him. You can't just accept him and put it on the shelf and live however you want to live. That's not acceptable to God. God paid such a high price for us. He he, he made a way for us that he doesn't want us living any way that we want. We've got to follow him. His example. Amen? And if you want to imitate God, you've got to constantly keep your eyes on Him. You've got to watch. Got my eyes on God. Right? And you've got to abide in Him. You've got to hang out in God. You've got to be comfortable in His presence. Right? The only way... You take on characteristics of those you hang around with. You know, when, when a child messes up and the mother messes you're just like your father. <laughs> right? What's he doing? They learn the behavior. Right? You, you become like those you hang around with. All right? So, how... Should I imitate God? I am so glad that you asked this question. Go, go back to Ephesians. Look at verse 2, chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us. Notice the phrase, as Christ. 
How does God want you to love people like Jesus loves people? That's exactly how God expects us to love people. God is, by the way, God's in the people business. So if you have a problem with people, you've got a big problem. Because there's people wherever, God did not call you to be a hermit living in a cave somewhere. Right? And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. A sweet-smelling savor is pleasing to God. It's something that smells good, right? So how, number one, how do we walk in love? How should we imitate God? You've got to walk in love. Now, love is not weak. Let me tell you something. When Jesus told Judas, what you do quickly, what you do, do quickly, that was in love. Judas was about to betray Jesus into the hands of men. Right? He was operating in love. When Jesus would rebuke the Pharisees for their religious mindset, that was in love. See, some people have this idea that if you walk in love, there's no correction. There's no, there's no, it's all sweet and love and kind. No. Love gives people the freedom to choose, but love also lets people know that there's consequences for their choice. Can someone choose to go to hell? Absolutely. Jesus did everything that he needed to do to save someone from hell. You don't have to go to hell, but if someone chooses to do, they can. That's how much God respects choice. So we got to walk in love. And we got to be willing to sacrifice. What does love? Love love acts, love speaks and love acts. So when you say you love someone, you're going to speak and act. Your words and your actions are going to reinforce that statement. Okay? You can't say I love you then want to punch him in the nose. <laughs> Why? Because your actions you've got to let your whole conduct proceed from love. Did you know that your faith works by love? Did you know that God is love? Amen? For God so love God, God is love and He what did what did God do to show the world that He loved us? He sent His Son Jesus. He sent the very best. He's like Hallmark. He cared to send the very best. Right? John 13. Go to John 13. Verses 34 and 35. We will come back to uh, Ephesians. So don't lose your place there. John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give you. (laughs) They must have not realized the old one. Because Jesus gave a new commandment. Jesus is talking here. He says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. Qualification as I have loved you. You can't decide how you're going to love someone. You've got to do it as Jesus does it. 
Because he's the author of love. He is love. There's no one that knows more about love. I'm telling you, the world has perverted the word love. We got one word for love. The Greeks have about four or five. Agape, phileo, eros, all kinds. And notice what he says in verse 35. As I have loved one, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35. By this shall men all, shall all men know that you are my disciples. Notice that phrase, disciples. That's an imitator. A disciple is a follower, a learner, an imitator. If you want to know if you have love to one another, the proof of a Christian is love. How you love people. Amen? All right, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5. Aren't you glad that we can imitate God? Number two, how should I imitate God? You have to live a pure, holy, and clean life. Notice what it says in verse 3. And I'll I'll read this from the Amplified. It says, but sexual immorality and all moral impurity, indecent, offensive behavior or greed, which is the same as covetousness, must not even be hinted at among you as is proper among saints. For as believers, our way of life, whether in public or in private, reflects the validity of the validity of our faith. So guess what? You can't be sexually impure and be an imitator of God. And there was a, an extreme silence. The crickets are chirping now. Look at verse 4. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking or jesting, which are not convenient. You, it, it also reflects in how you talk. Right? So, whether you're public or private life, it validates your faith or invalidates your faith. How many ever been to a parking garage and you're visiting somewhere, or, you know, like when I go to the hospital, they, they can, if you're there as a minister, they'll validate your parking ticket, right? They'll, they'll, they'll waive the fee, right? So, when, you're, when your faith is validated, God, you have God's approval. When you have God's approval, you have God's blessing. But God, listen, there's things that God accepts and things that God doesn't God There are things that God accepts and things that He doesn't accept. God does not accept dishonor to authority. He doesn't. It's called rebellion. And there's all kinds of examples in the Bible about that. So, we got to live. When people are doing these things, they're imitating someone else other than God. Who do you think they're imitating? Right? The devil or the flesh? Right? The devil or the world? Right? You know, Jesus made this statement to his disciples. He said, you're either for me. Or against me. There's no in-between. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. You're either for him 
or you're against him. Jesus said that. I didn't say it. I'm just quoting what he said. Right? So, no, no, no bad talking. Well, what makes the cuss word a cuss word? Because it promotes something that's not good. Alright? How should I imitate God? Number three, you've got to walk in God's light. Look at verse um, 8, Ephesians 5, 8. For you were sometimes darkness. We were dark without Christ. Without Christ in our lives, our lives were dark. The lights were out. Right? There was a power shortage. Okay? But now are in the light. You are the light in the Lord. Walk as children in the light. What is the light? The light is the Word. It's His precepts. It's His principles. It's His instructions. It's His judgments. It's His commandments. We're supposed to walk like that. This is our light. Our lives should reflect the words that are written. You can say amen or oh me, because it's so anyway. But notice, we've got to walk in the light. Right? Verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit, the, the effect, the result of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Everybody say goodness, righteousness, and truth. Those are all reflections of the light. Right? When you're walking in the light, you're going to be walking right. You're going to be walking in the truth. Right? And you live an open book. What you see is what you get. Right? Nothing to hide here. The devil says nothing to see here. But Christian says nothing to hide here. Amen? We've got to walk in the light. This is how we imitate God. The Bible, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He, he also said, I am the light of the world. Okay? Jesus is, God is love. He is light. He is our wisdom. He is our way. Right? He is everything that we need to imitate Him. Amen? Hallelujah. And then verse 10. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. What's acceptable to God? Prove it. What does that mean? Live it out. Be real. Be a real Christian. Amen? What's a Christian? A Christ follower. A real Christian is someone who really follows Christ. You really follow Him. It doesn't mean you, that you might make mistakes along the way. How many ever made a mistake? I raised both hands. Right? See, God made it possible for you to overcome the mistakes that you make as long as you're trusting Him. Even when you fall, you get up. Right? Even when you had a setback, you get back in the game. Right? I like the movie, The Soul Surfer. 
I don't know if you ever saw that or heard about it, but it was about this girl who was surfing and she got attacked by a tiger shark and half of her arm, I think, was bit off, right? And she recovered, but she had to overcome her fear of getting back in the water and back on the board. And she did. Amen. And you know what? When we make a mistake or when we have a setback, we got to be resilient enough to get back in the game. Amen. To continue to move forward. We can't let that mistake topple us for good. I mean, Peter denied Jesus three times. His closest follower. He even, Jesus even told him it was going to happen before it did. He got so mad that he cussed at a little girl. Now that could have been a stumbling block or a stepping stone. He made it a stepping stone. Why? God showed him love. God didn't, God kept him accountable. You know, they met again on the shore. Jesus had made breakfast and Peter jumped in the water and swam to shore. And he said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do, Lord. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do, Lord. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you, Lord. And guess what? Who preached on the day of Pentecost? The very one who denied him. His, his denial was not even an issue anymore. Why? He let that mistake become a stepping stone. Right? See, if you let a mistake become a stumbling block, you're going to use it to fall and you're going to blame the stumbling block for causing you to fall. And it's going to prevent you from getting back up. But Peter got back up. Aren't you glad? Say, I'm getting back up. All right? So, to imitate God, we've got to walk in love. We've got to live a pure, holy, moral life. We've got to walk in God's light. And we've got to please God and live a life acceptable to Him. How do you know what's acceptable to God? It's in the book. Make it really easy. God made it clear in Proverbs 6. These are seven things that I hate. So those are seven. God revealed seven things that he doesn't, he doesn't like at all. Right? You can read Proverbs 6 and you can find it. Guess what? Don't do those things. God gave us the clue. If, if I hate these things, I'm not going to do those things. Right? Look at verse 10, Hebrews 5, or Ephesians 5. Proving what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Everybody say reprove. The Amplified says, trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord. Letting your lifestyles be example of what is most acceptable to him. Your behavior expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. Can we find what God accepts? Yeah, where, where is it? It's in the book. You know, sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question. When we say something or when we do something, we need to ask ourselves, is that in the Bible? We need to live by the book. Right? Why did God give us a book? So that we can reference what He wants very easily. Look at verse 11. 
Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. Amplified says, do not participate in the worthless and unproductive deeds of darkness, but instead expose them by exemplifying personal integrity, moral courage, and godly character. What did John the Baptist do? He exposed some things, didn't he? He exposed religion. He talked to soldiers. He told them how to live. Don't extract more than what your pay is, right? Don't become a mercenary. He told them those things. He confronted a king. He said, it's unlawful for you to have your brother's wife. It cost him his head. He got put in prison. But you know what? He stood up for what was right. What if I stand up for what is right and it costs me my life? What's your reward? Right? I mean, the religious leaders tried to argue with Stephen. They couldn't argue against him because he had the wisdom of God. He had the spirit of God. Right? So then they put some false things. Then he gave them the gospel from uh, Genesis to Revelation. Right? And they didn't like that. What did they do? They gnashed their teeth. What does it mean? And they started throwing stones at him, at his head. What happened? He was stoned. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was standing in heaven, giving him an ovation, saying, that's my boy. Come here. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you, Stephen. Come on. Do you realize Stephen gave up the ghost? And in his giving up the ghost, he said, Father, don't lay this charge to their accounts. He was operating like Jesus was when Jesus was crucified. You mean you can even imitate God in death? Yeah, because in death, you're just stepping out of your body going to another place. Death for the Christian has no sting. The sting is for the people that are left behind. But for the person, they don't feel the sting. They'd be like, that was easy. Right? And they're with Jesus now. Amen. For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. (laughs) Did you know that the gospel is profitable for correction, for instruction, for reproof, and that the man of God might be thoroughly furnished in every good work? Guess what? There are times when things need to be corrected. Why? Because they're wrong. There is a right in this world and there is a wrong in this world. It is wrong to kill babies. It is wrong for a man and a man to be married. It's wrong. It's wrong to commit adultery. It's wrong. It's wrong to lie. Don't care what color you paint it. It's just a little white lie. It doesn't matter. It's a lie. It's wrong. Say it's wrong. The Bible is very clear about what's right and what's wrong. And when you stand up for what's right and call something that's wrong, that's what Jesus did. Didn't he? Amen. He didn't didn't celebrate sin. I mean, when the woman was brought to him caught in adultery, he didn't say, oh, let me just congratulate you. 
No, he said, go and sin no more. He said, where are your accusers? I don't know. Well, I'm not accusing you either, but go and sin no more. You got to make it right. Jesus encouraged her to make it right. Right? See, in this world today, right and wrong is getting mixed together. Things that are wrong are being called right, and things that are right are being called wrong. But we're going to hold our stance to what's right and wrong. Amen? I'm not, I'm not going to compromise. How about you? Why? Because we imitate God. I'm going to be just like Jesus. All right? So we've got to please God. Verse 13. But all things that are approved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore he says, Awake thou that sleeps, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then, verse 15, that you walk circumspectly. That's wise. Not as fools. God did not call you to be a fool. You want to know what a fool is? Read the book of Proverbs. There's 31. You can read one every day and find out what a fool is. Amen? Whole book, 31 chapters on how not to be a fool. Alright? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We've got to seek to please God. So the light exposes things, right? And um, he's telling us, It is our responsibility to find out what pleases God. Right? What do we have to have to please God? You know this from Wednesday. Without faith. You've got to have faith in God to please Him. Amen? So, anybody can please Him because anybody can get faith. Where does faith come from? We have the richest supply of faith right at our fingertips. Right? It's got more oil than all the world, right? Right here at our fingertips is the source of faith. Anytime that you need faith, you can come get it right here. Because everything that it says in here is faith. This is the source of faith. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Maybe a little time, a little effort, all right? What's another thing that we need to imitate God? We need to walk in wisdom. Amen? Jesus is our wisdom. Right? And uh, we, we, you know this phrase, redeem the time? Listen to what it says as the definition. Alright? It is the word exaterazo. Alright? It means I buy out. It means I buy up at the marketplace... I take full advantage of seizing a buying opportunity. There's a sale on, I'm just going to say cell phones, right? They're selling the Apple 12 or whatever phone you like, it doesn't matter, uh, for 50 bucks, right? And they only got 10. Well, you're going to run down there, you're going to buy up everyone because you can sell them for 500 bucks a piece or more, right? You're seizing the opportunity. In order to redeem the time, you've got to understand what God's will is. But when you understand what God's will is, you know that timing is important. 
And we've got to be able to seize that time. To redeem the time, you've got to seize the time. See? The devil doesn't want you to imitate God. He wants to limit you. But we overcome his limits by imitating God. Amen? So we're buying up the opportunity. We're making the most of the present opportunity. You're here today hearing the word. What are you making of this word? What are you making of this message? Are you going to seize the opportunity? Are you going to take the moment that God is presenting us? And are you going to become what God wants you to be? Are you going to have what God wants you to have? Are you going to do what God wants you to do? It's an opportunity. Every message is an opportunity to seize the moment, to buy it up, to buy up the opportunity. We don't get another opportunity like this. We're not necessarily guaranteed tomorrow. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, today. Right now. Faith is now. Faith is not in a moment. Faith doesn't put you on hold. Faith is now. It's right now in the moment. The moment you hear the word, you ought to... Let me put it to you this way. When you walked onto this property today, you should have raised your expectation. I'm about to hear the word. I'm about to fellowship with other believers. I'm about to worship God. And you start thinking that way, you won't be able to contain yourself. Amen? That's how we got to approach this. This is the word of life. And not everybody gets the same dose. But you guys get, you guys get a loaded dose. Sometimes you get a double or a triple shot. Right? Amen. If you don't get pumped up after you come to BCF, your wood is wet. Because I guarantee you that there is a flame to ignite any fire. Amen? But you know, a service is not all up to the minister. Where did Jesus go? To his hometown. How did they look at Jesus? Oh, he's a carpenter. He's Mary's son. Why is he saying this? He could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. That the people there had an effect on his effectiveness. Amen? Why? Because it's by faith. See, God doesn't force his word on anybody. But he presents it to you, and by faith, you take a hold of it. By faith, you grab it. By faith, you possess it. Amen? He lays it out there, but you've got to grab a hold of it. It's yours for the taking. You can come in here today, and you can say, good message, and not take anything with you. You're like a man who sees himself in the mirror and walks away and forgets what he looks like. That James talks about that. Or you could say, that was a great sermon, and you start making a plan in your mind how you're going to implement that in your life. How you're going to, what, what are you going to change? What are you going to do to be like what you're being told to be? That's going to make all the difference in the world. Amen? So, 
to redeem something, you are buying back. Did you know that Joel chapter 2 prophesies about a great buyback? He will restore the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the palmer worm, and, and all that stuff, right? Four different levels of, of destroying a dream or a destiny. Your dreams can be restored. Your destiny can be restored. If you got off course, you can get back on course. Why? You're still breathing. You still have an opportunity. But it's what you do with the opportunity. You know, you don't become an imitator overnight. It takes time. You've got to put in the time to walk and talk with God. You've got to be God's walkie-talkie. Right? I remember I was watching this cooking show. I forget what show it was. It was years ago. And uh, the chef, uh, I mean, he was Asian. And he, he said to the talk show host, he says, you do the talkie? And he was cooking in a walk. He said, I do the walk. He said, together we'd be walkie-talkie. Because <laughs> he was cooking in a walk, right? <laughs> Here's how you become an imitator. You've got to hear about him. You've got to learn from him. So you, you've got to be in a position of being able to be taught. You can't say, oh, I know that scripture. Do you really? If you do, if you know it so well, let's see it. Let's see it in operation. <laughs> You've got to observe him. You know, you, you, you get the most out of those who you observe and support and serve. You get the most. You've got to follow him. You've got to walk with him and you've got to live for him. You've got to spend some, some time with God. Go with me to First John, John 4.8. Well, no, no, no. I'm not going to go there. That just means God is love. All right? Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 7. You know, you're supposed to follow good examples. Right? Look at verse 7. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. What did they do? They exemplified a pattern of living while they were preaching the gospel. The people were not only able to hear the gospel, but they were able to see the gospel in action by how they lived, by how they behaved. Verse 8, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but we wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. They worked so that they could preach the gospel so it wouldn't cost the people they're preaching to anything. Amen? I'm telling you, I worked over this message. Hallelujah. But we, they have a pattern. All right? That's a good example to follow. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 
What are we do, learning today to be an imitator of who? Of God. We can imitate God. Look at what verse 16 says, 1 Corinthians 4. For wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me, or be imitators of me. Paul is saying, I've given you an example of how a believer should live. You can follow me. And in another place, Paul clarifies that follow me as I follow Christ. Don't do the bad things I do. You can follow someone only up to the point of they follow Christ. But when they stop following Christ, you're not obligated to follow them anymore. I like Abigail. She was married to a fool. The Bible said so. This is Bible truth. And David came to uh, her husband and said, we've been out in the field and my men are hungry. Can you feed us? Nabal was his name. Right? And uh, he said, no. I don't even know who David is. Even though David guarded Nabal's sheep at different times and protected them. Okay? So, you're telling a hungry man with a sword that you're not going to feed him? He says, David's like, I'm going to kill every person in that house. So, word gets to Abigail. See, she's not following the foolishness of her husband. She's following God. And she intercepts David before he has time to mount an attack at Nabal's house. Right? And what does she do? She speaks to him as a king. Oh, king, you don't want to get blood on your hands. My husband's a fool, yes. Here's some bread. Here's some raisins. Here's some wine, right? Feed your men. And David put his sheath back in his sword. He had a smile on his face, right? And she went back home, and Nabal knew nothing. And one, you know, he's, he's uh, feasting and partying, and he goes to bed, and he, she tells him what she did. And the man had an aneurysm and died. <laughs> and David said, Abigail, I'm going to be passing by your area. Would you mind if I take you out to Applebee's? Right? David ended up marrying her. Why? Because she didn't follow foolishness. And it goes both ways. Ananias and Sapphira. This is New Testament. Ananias, they, they sold a piece of land, right? And in, in, the, in the early church, people were selling lands and they were bringing all the proceeds to the church and they were giving it to the apostles and they created an atmosphere where no one lacked because everybody was taking care of everybody. Can you, can you say that no one lacked? Think about that. No one lacked. You're talking over three to 5,000 people. No one lacked. That's what generosity will do. And so... They got this money for the land. Let's just say they got $10,000 for the land. Right? Ananias told his wife, he said, let's just tell them 
we got 10,000, but or let's tell them we got 8,000, and we'll keep 2,000 for ourselves. All right, I'm paraphrasing. Okay? And they said, okay. So, Ananias comes. They're having church. And he brings his offering. And Peter just happens to ask this question. Is this the, is this the full amount? Oh, yes. See, the, the problem was they didn't have to lie. Okay? But they chose to lie. But say they chose to lie. They chose to imitate the devil. Okay, let's put it in perspective. The devil lies, and when you lie, you imitate the devil. Okay? And uh, Peter said, why has the devil put it in your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? That was a revelation. That was a spiritual gift in operation. And uh, what happened in church? Ananias, they went from worshiping God to having a funeral. He dropped dead. Okay? Three hours later... That's a long church service. What's the short message? I have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Sapphira came in. She was given an opportunity to choose mercy. Is this the amount that you sold us for? Oh, yes. She maintained the lie. And Peter said, the people that dragged your husband out are going to drag you out. She dropped dead too. Can you imagine two people dropping dead in church because they're lying over an offering? Woo! The Bible says there was fear in that city. I bet there was. All right. Yes. Just for your reference, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm almost done. Well, I can go longer. I didn't hear an amen. <laughs> I'm having fun today. Are you having fun today? God did not set up a system... Of boring dead religion. He set something up as a family that's full of life, full of vibrancy, right? It's interactive, right? And and God meant it to be interactive. He wants you to have fun. God has fun. He's the most fun person you ought to be around. And when you get hit with his joy, there's nothing like it in the world. All stress just dissipates immediately. Right. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse four. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election in God being chosen. Did you know that God chose you? He did. He chose you. For our gospel came not to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Right. And in much assurance, notice, along with the power came much assurance. As you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us, imitators. Why? They had an example before them. Because they spent some time with them. And of the Lord, you are followers of us and the Lord. Right? It's important to have both. Having received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Ghost. 
so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Not only were these people following the example before them, but they were also being examples to others. Amen? God called you to be an example. He called you to influence people. Your example, your lifestyle should point people to Jesus. Your lifestyle should bring people up higher. Your lifestyle should create an opportunity where they come to you for prayer when they need it, if they know you. You got to know where to turn for help. Amen. But they became imitators of them and they became examples to others. Hallelujah. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. I'm a Hebrew man. I make coffee every day. I do. I bring it to, I bring it to my wife in bed every day. I even froth it up for her. Because she likes it with cream and I put the cream in there. I warm the cream up so it's nice. I get the mixer out. It's a process, let me tell you. But you know what? I love doing it. I love doing it. Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unrighteous or unjust to, to uh, forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed. Notice there's that demonstration which you have showed toward his name in all that you have ministered to the saints or given help and to do ministry. Do you realize that Jesus blew the disciples' minds in John 13 when he put on the apron and started to wash their feet? He demonstrated what it means to be a servant leader. A leader who will show you what they do by doing it, right? They don't just say it, but they also do it. And, and you know what? God calls people to serve, right? And how are we to serve? We're supposed to serve as we're working to the Lord, not anybody else, right? If you were never recognized for the work that you do, would you still serve? Are you doing it for the recognition? I'm not saying you shouldn't be recognized. But I'm saying, what's your heart motive? Right? What's your heart motive? We're we're doing... If you have a a mean, vicious, nasty boss, that's no excuse to not serve because you're serving God, not the boss. Do you think Potiphar was a nice boss? I mean, he was in charge of the jail. I think people feared him a lot. But yet Joseph served God. And what happened? God promoted him. And Potiphar recognized that. You know, Potiphar was not saved. Potiphar was a heathen. He was probably, a, he worshipped probably worshipped the sun god or whatever. But this, this God, this man came in his house by, by a purchase. And Joseph demonstrated how to serve God. And he did. Amen? So... All right. Uh, Verse 11. And we desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope. God wants you to be an example. But in order to be an example, you've got to follow an example. Right? 
Verse 12, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You want to imitate someone who inherits the promise. You want to imitate someone who receives the promise. Amen? Hallelujah. Find out what they did to get their promise. Don't, don't be mad at them. Find out what they did and, and imitate them. Amen? If they're following a principle of God, you can follow the same principle of God. You can't follow them following the principle, but you can discover what the principle is for yourself and follow it. See, that's where the mistake that people make. They see someone who gets blessed, right? Let's just say someone gave away their car and they got a new car. So then they're going to give away their car, not because God told them to, because they see someone else do it, right? And they don't get their car and they have to walk. And now they're mad at God because uh, they're saying, God, you didn't give me a car. And God says, I didn't tell you to give yours away. (laughs) See, someone did something that God told them to do, but then they're trying to do something that the people did with getting direct information from God. And that's going to cause you to miss it. Right? So you can follow good examples. You can follow faith and patience. Right? You can imitate what is good. Right? We're we're to imitate God. So, we, we do this by walking in love and forgiveness. But do you realize, in order to issue forgiveness, people have to repent sometimes? I mean, you can forgive them, but people are still obligated to repent for when they do something wrong, right? And uh, we walk in love, we walk in forgiveness, we walk in the light of God, we walk in wisdom, we walk in purity, and, and we walk to please God. That's how we're going to imitate God. He told us, this was a command, it wasn't a suggestion, be imitators of God, right? He didn't say if you feel like it, did he? Well, I don't feel like imitating God. I had nothing to do with feelings. See, through faith, you can override your feelings. Amen? That's a good thing. So how many want to imitate God today? The greatest thing that we can do as fathers, as a believer in Christ Jesus, we need to live a life for God so that others can see us living for God. Amen? And God will be pleased And you will be blessed. Hallelujah. Let's just close our eyes for a minute. I want to just pray for those that that are watching this message. If If you're watching this live or you're going to watch it at some other time. I pray for those, Lord, who are watching this message in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, that they've tuned in and they've heard this message. And I thank you, Lord, that they've heard the truth about how to be an imitator of God. And, Lord, that I pray that this message will inspire them. Your Holy Spirit will lead them. And your power will touch them, Lord, to help them live for you in every way, shape, and form in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know what? Jesus is healed. Jesus is full of joy. Jesus has so much peace that he gives it away for free. Right? Jesus has put up with us for a long time. You know, I could just see Jesus. When we finally choose him, oh, thank God they finally made him. <laughs> You know, but he has great patience for the precious fruit of the earth. Number one today, if you're not born again, 
If you haven't been imitating God, let's make that change right now in our hearts today. Amen? Let's make a decision that I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. Right? Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to hold me back. But I'm going to give my life to Jesus, and I'm going to live for him in all that I do. If you need to give your life to Jesus, I would encourage you, to, today's a good day, to give your life to Jesus. Right? That's the best way to imitate God, is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Invite him into your heart. Another way is if you've been off track, if you haven't been living for God, it's time to get on the right track. Amen? It's time to say, I'm going to change my ways and I'm going to come back to the Father's house. You know, when you come, no, the Father will not, He has not rejected anyone that has returned to Him. He accepts you. He'll put you right back into your position in Christ Jesus. He'll clothe you with a robe of righteousness. He'll welcome you with a hug and a smile and you will feel His love. And then we all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's such a vital, important uh, discipline that we need to do. It enhances your spiritual life. And all you need to do is be born again, and you can come up to the next level. Amen? If there's any of those three, you need to be born again, you need to come back home. Or you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you need to be healed, let's put that in there as well. If any of those apply to you, the restaurant is open. Come and dine, come and dine. The Master is calling. He's got a place set for you. For you to receive His goodness and His blessing in the name of Jesus. Let's just stand to our feet right now. And let's make a fresh commitment to God. To be imitators of Him as dear children. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today that these words will be energized and revealed even in further detail by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we will become better imitators of you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we will follow you. We will live for you. We will walk with you in Jesus' name. And if you agree to that, say amen. Hallelujah. Say it's going to be a good week. I'm going to imitate my Father. I'm going to speak like him. I'm going to walk like him. He's never lost a fight. Hallelujah. I'm going to act like him. I'm going to be just like him. Hallelujah. He made it so. Amen. God bless you. Have a great and wonderful week. Have a great Father's Day, guys. Get yourself a gift and be blessed. Hallelujah.